evening, everyone, and we want to thank you for being part of our program. Here joining us with Vic, myself, Vic Batista, and Nathan Jones. We're very excited as we're going to be talking about the subject matter of heaven. Heaven is real. Heaven awaits you. And today, we're going to take you straight to heaven. So make sure that you stay tuned to our program. And before we continue, we're going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. And Lord heaven, waste our future if you're a safe uh, individual who knows you as their Lord and Savior. And we look forward to that time. And we ask that for those tuned in, Lord, they'll be blessed in knowing what their future holds. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to be part of the program here today uh, with you. We're very excited as you and I have been starting out on this incredible series uh, about heaven. And on our last uh, segment, uh, we were looking at Revelation chapter 21, and uh, we were looking at uh, verses uh, 14 through 17, and you began to talk to us about the heaven, what is going to be like, the size of the city in heaven, the foundations of the city, and it was just very eye-opening, and I just think it's amazing because today with so much that is happening around the world, we have uh, all these... Uh, uh, nations with nuclear capabilities, and we've seen the news, the possible destruction of the world, as some people would, would, would call it. And I think more people are starting to think uh, about heaven. So I want to thank you, Nathan, for again introducing us to this incredible uh, portion of scripture uh, there uh, in our last segment. So I'm excited about today's program as well, Nathan. I am too, because this is our future. You know, when you live life just day by day, you don't get the big picture view. You don't see what your destination is. It's like going on a vacation and you're driving across country, especially through those boring parts like in western Kansas and all, you know. It seems like it goes on forever, but it, it, you lose hope. You, you, you would lose focus because you don't know what direction you're going. And when you read the Bible, especially Revelation 21 and 22, the meatiest chapters in the Bible about the eternal state, then you know what your direction is, you know what your future is, and it guides you, it, it gives you purpose, it gives you hope, and it gives you destination, and it, it guides how you live. So it's extremely important that we understand that our future, if we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, is in heaven. Absolutely. So Nathan, yeah, Nathan, that is fantastic, and I, and I just think that there's so much in the Bible to encourage those people that find themselves in despair, this news doesn't oftentimes offer much good news. Everywhere you turn, there seems to be just bad news, gloom and doom. And how nice it is, Nathan, that we're covering a subject matter that really brings hope, encouragement, hope for the future, and also offer eternity uh, to those, like you mentioned, that have placed their trust in Jesus Christ. Uh, so, Nathan, as we continue looking at Revelation chapter uh, 21, uh, picking it up there in verse 17 and on. Might you just give us a quick background there of Revelation uh, 21, a synopsis real quick uh, up to this point, just in case uh, someone uh, is not familiar with uh, this portion of Scripture? Well, certainly, certainly. Well, you got to remember what the Bible taught, and that what Jesus said in John 14 to, in my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am coming there to prepare a place for you. So now think about it. God made the whole universe in six days. And Jesus has been gone for nearly, what, 2,000 years building this place, this, this, this heaven, what we'll learn is to be called the New Jerusalem. 
So we can imagine just how awesome a place this is going to be, right? It's going to be, I believe, beyond awesome because, you know, man, we're talking about our home. You might call Miami your home. I might call Dallas my home right now. But they're not really our home. It's a temporary home, a temporary residence. Our true home is the eternal city, the new Jerusalem, heaven coming down to the new earth. And brother, that's where we're at. Now, there are no chapters in the Bible as detailed about the eternal state. We've read about in uh, chapter 20, the millennial kingdom. It's the 1,000 year reign of Christ on this earth. And that will come before. But afterwards, when all those who are rebelling against God are resurrected, they're judged, Satan and the demons and those who live in rebellion against God are sentenced to hell. There's no more sin on the earth. Everybody's got their new glorified bodies. We enter into what's called the eternal state. Brother, the Bible is chock full of information about the millennial kingdom. So much information about the millennial kingdom. But these two chapters pretty much are all there is to let us know what the eternal state will be like. Oh, that is fantastic. So Nathan, yeah, continue to take us through. And again, just excited about uh, looking at this incredible portion of scripture. Right. Well, the Apostle John is being given this description. So he's telling us from what he was shown when he was taken in the spirit up to heaven. And he's actually seeing what the eternal state will like. Uh, verse 4, I think, particularly shows it. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then Jesus says from his throne, Behold, I make all things new. And that's what we've got, man. We are at a point in human history where sin and corruption and death are, are finally destroyed. We are now like Adam and Eve, where God can walk and talk and have fellowship with them in the Garden of Eden. Mankind, those who accepted Christ as Savior, our sins are washed away, we are made holy and pure, we're given resurrected, glorified bodies, we're now entered into an eternal state. When I say eternal, that means? Forever and ever, never ending. Forever and ever, right man, forever and ever. Can you imagine living a life with no death, right. or sorrow, or crying, or pain, forever? That's something to get excited about. I know, and it's tax season, no more taxes, Nathan, no <laughs> Yeah, that's true. The, the axiom is right. There's always death and taxes. Well, yeah. up in heaven, no more death. Now, I don't know if it'll be taxes. <laughs> Maybe that's an eternal thing, too. But the Bible doesn't say, I'm hoping there will be no taxes in heaven. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, Thank you, Nathan. So, now it's interesting that the contrast, <laughs> verse 8 of chapter 22, says, But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, idolaters, and all there shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So to contrast heaven, where there's joy and peace, prosperity and eternal life, there is a hell where those who've rejected Jesus Christ's salvation, who shook their fists and said, I'm going to leave on, live on my own, leave me be. God says, all right, I'll leave you be, but I am the source of life. And that will be separated eternally from that life. So there will be a hell as well that goes on for eternity. Right. Um, that is, is where we're at. Now we skip up to, you said verse 17 is where you wanted to pick up. We're getting a description yes. of what that new Jerusalem is, that, that great eternal home that we're going to build, that God's building, excuse me, in which we're going to live in. And it starts verse 17 with this. Then he measured his wall, 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of an angel. 
The construction of that wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like mm. clear glass. Wow. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, and the fifth sardonyx. The sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysophrase, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each integral gate was one pearl, wow. and the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. Nathan, that is amazing. I mean, it just blows my mind. Today we put such a value on jewelry. Uh, I, uh, many years ago, I found a diamond bracelet. I didn't know it was diamond until I took it to the uh, jeweler. <laughs> and I, I was very excited to find out uh, uh, that little bracelet, how much uh, it was worth. So, Nathan, when we talk about the worth of heaven, it's just mind-boggling. When you, when you just mentioned to us that these gates uh, are made out of pure uh, jewels, in a sense. It, that heaven is... It's going to be just so incredible. And now we haven't even gotten to the spiritual aspect or the familial aspects. We're just, just yeah. describing the city. Now, bear in mind what we talked last time is that the dimensions of this city is actually 1,500 miles cubed. So that would be 1,500 miles wow. by 1,500 miles wide by 1,500 miles high. So likely this is a cube or a uh, could be a pyramid. And in our understanding, 1,500 miles would be like this city would stretch from the Atlantic Ocean all the way to Colorado and from Canada all the way down to Mexico. So big that scientists say that a building that big on the earth would cause the earth to wobble. Therefore, this new earth that Jesus is going to create would have to be much bigger to hold a city like that and even the size of Jupiter. Now, that to me is amazing. And you know, Nathan, probably people haven't thought about that because when you do these measurements, we're talking about a place that could fit everyone. That's why sometimes people say, is there room for me in heaven? <laughs> yeah, I've heard um, uh, Calvary Chapel, Philadelphia, uh, the pastor there gave a sermon that, and he calculated, and it was a wonderful calculus. Let's say there's 20 billion people that live in this new Jerusalem. Joe Foch said that 20 million people, calculated by those dimensions, right. would get 70 acres cubed. 70, 70 acres cubed. I mean, that is a massive amount of territory. So, yes, it's plenty, plenty big. But, as we just read, notice that it has 12 gates. And each right. gate is one giant pearl. So we're talking about a big, round pearl. So you got to imagine how giant those oysters are. <laughs> but those pearls are so big. So that means that there's a gate people come in and out of the gate. So that tells us that we're not going to be in the city forever. We can come in and out of the city. We can come into the new earth. We can go into the galaxy, into the universe, I even say. Now, the Bible doesn't say that, but God didn't create all of that endless universe for no purpose. There is a purpose for it, and we will learn one day what that is. But we can come in and out of that city. We can't go to hell, and the people in hell can't come out. So there is that area, but for the rest of the universe, I believe that we are going to be able to get to explore it finally, to wow. see it, and, and watch the God of creation create new life, new planets, new, yeah. it's just, again, it's 
beyond the imagination. And you know, Nathan, we're always sending out satellites into space and they're constantly doing different discoveries with the Hubble telescope and we're always in awe when we see the, the Milky Way and the galaxies and, and this is nothing compared with us being able to travel through all eternity to discover all of God's miraculous things that we haven't even touched yet. Excellent point. I, it, again, the Bible says that this is beyond comprehension for us. We just, no mind can comprehend what God has in store for us. Now, Revelation 21 and 22 gives us a little bit of description. For one thing, it tells us that what we value in this life yes. is meaningless in the life to come. Brother, you had that bracelet. It was, it was worth a lot of money. And, right. Uh, it, it was had fancy jewels and all. But that is nothing <laughs> compared to an entire city that's yeah. made out of jewels. I mean, look at the gold, for instance. The old premise that the, the streets of heaven are made of paved gold, they are. Right? They <laughs> actually are made of gold. Gold so pure that it's see-through, and it has to be see-through because... The light of heaven is God the Father himself. The light that emanates from the throne lights the city. It lights the new Jerusalem. So the, the whole city is, I guess the closest I can imagine it, man, is like that movie Thor where you go to Asgard and <laughs> has the rainbow road and all the golden buildings. And I think that's as close as I've ever seen mankind imagining what this heaven will be like. But this description here in Revelation 22 explains that. It is made out of the most precious things that we count today, and that's precious stones and jewels mm -hmm. and also um, oyster shell. You know what the oysters produce? <laughs> I mean, that is just fantastic. And of course, when, when here on Earth, a tabernacle when it was built, you have the Ark of the Covenant and, and those articles that were overlaid with gold, and it was a, just like a little tiny glimpse, right, Nathan? That, that God wanted to show His people uh, here on Earth what he had in mind for them, but now the beauty of heaven, uh, the reality of heaven, it's just mind-boggling. Excellent point. The tabernacle that where the Ark of the Covenant sat in the Old Testament during Moses' day, God was very specific about how it should be measured and what the dimensions right. would be. And then there was the temple after that, and that had specific dimensions. The next uh, temple, the second temple, was uh, added to and made larger. We read about, read about the Millennial Temple, where uh, the dimensions of that is almost as big as the city of Jerusalem is today. So it's going to be a massive temple during the Millennial Kingdom. But this new Jerusalem, this where God's temple is the city, it is as big as the continental United States almost that big. So each one is bigger, but each of the temples, including the tabernacle, was a, like you said, a tiny glimpse, a foreshadowing of the true temple of God that will be on the earth throughout each and that's why, Nathan, as we look at this passage, it's just really uh, incredible uh, what we're, uh, what is preparing us for us. We look at chapter 21, then, of course, we'll get into chapter 22. But this is also just a, a glimpse of what awaits us uh, that have trusted in Jesus Christ. And we say that those that have trusted in Jesus Christ, Nathan, because as you continue to read on through this passage, it's going to make it quite clear that the heaven is for believers. Right, right. And that's the true wealth of heaven. Yeah, it's got streets made of gold, it's got foundations made out of precious jewels, it's the most impressive city you could ever imagine. But the true wealth of the city is what mankind longs for and what God created us for, to have fellowship with Him forever. God is the center of it, and our fellow believers in Christ, our brothers, our sisters, our saved family, 
It is an yeah. internal family. It, it, it's the homework. Without family, there's not much of a home, is there? That's right. So when we get to verse 22, it starts shifting from the material aspect to the spiritual aspect. And verse 22 starts, But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light, and the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gate shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. But there shall be no means, means entered to anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Amazing. So Nathan, uh, this is another good a point that uh, you have made here as we look at heaven, as we look at the heavenly city. There appears to be a travel here. Nations are going to be coming in. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Well, that's actually one of the mysteries. Who are those nations? Now, I believe that the New Jerusalem, which is created for the believer, all of human history is about faith. And those who are faithful to the Lord and are saved, they go to live with heaven forever. God then gives a people group who actually wants to live with him forever. And we are the ones who live in that city. But, like you said, we're not condemned to live forever in a, a gilded cave, so to speak. We can leave it. We can go out. We can form the nations. We can live on the rest of the earth. But we continue to go back to the source, yes. where the tree of life is, which we'll read about in chapter 22. We go to the source of our life, which is God, the source of our life, which is the Lamb, Jesus Christ. All those things are the source that we come mm. in and out. Now, I think it's also, man, that there is no night there. No. So you got to wonder, will there be the sun? Good question. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I imagine there'd still be a sun because we're going to need gravity to keep the planets in place. Uh, my kids, I remember when I heard this to them, they were little, they asked, well, well, what about the other side of the planet? How does that get light? And I'm like, well, that's probably what it is. The sun provides light around the planet like it always will. But God himself is the light of the city. So there is no night. You've got God's light on one side. You've got the sun on the other side. Yes. It will actually be a planet that is perpetually in light. Woo! See, you are the astronomer. That's why I always refer back to you. <laughs> no. I'm not the astronomer, but thank you. Yeah, it's a lamb is the light. And so, again, that's the point. You think about living in darkness, how depressing it is. Exactly. Especially during winter time. You know, oh. man, it, it gets you down, and suicide rates get higher, and alcoholism, and domestic abuse. Uh, Darkness uh, hides our sins, and people act evil during that. But that will not exist anymore. In the eternal state, it will be perpetually light. And that sometimes, depending on where you're on the planet, it will be brighter than other times. Excellent point. Nathan, and that's why I think this is very exciting. When you really start to take it apart and really think about it, it is. It's almost, uh, you know, when you, when you lived at home, right, Nathan? You had the opportunity to go out, but then you always came back home. And I love that, what you just mentioned. You know, we have our, our center of gravity, our Lord. We'll be able to explore. But then we come back to that source that continues to feed us. Right, right. It's our home. Why would we want to go anywhere else? Certainly, we'll come out into the, out of the New Jerusalem onto the New Earth. I believe that we'll, yes. we'll get to visit other planets. We'll, we'll travel the universe, other yeah. galaxies. Who knows, man? God just create all that for nothing. But always the source is the New Jerusalem our destination is always to return to that source, and those are the nations that continue to come back 
to the source of life, which is God the Father. That is awesome. And Nathan, you made a very good point. Again, we shared how uh, it says there, I love also verse 25, um, its gates shall uh, not be shut at all by day, there shall be no night there. So there's probably going to be 7-Elevens up there that will open 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, when it says the gate shall not be shut at all by day, but there's no night, <laughs> well, if it's all perpetual day, it means the gates stand open all the time. And what a difference. I mean, when you look yeah. at the Old Testament, especially when John wrote this around 95 AD, cities would protect themselves by building walls around them. So the fact that New Jerusalem has a wall around it shows that the fortress and the safety side of it, but its gates are perpetually open, which means it's, it's open to constant possible attack. But there's nothing to attack it because, as it says, there shall by no means enter anything that files or cause an abomination or lie. In other words, right. those who have been sent to hell aren't leaving hell. They're not entering into Jerusalem. Mm. Only those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, the Lamb's Book of Life there's two books that the Bible talks about. There's the Book of Life, which if you were created, you are in that book. There's an actual book with your name that God knows you by. You are written in that book. But Jesus has a second book. It's the Lamb's Book of Life, which we read about in the previous chapter. At the Great White Throne of Judgment, the Lamb's Book of Life is opened. And if you accept Jesus as your Savior, your sins right. are forgiven, then you were written into the Lamb's Book of Life. That is your entrance into heaven because your sins are forgiven. You can stand before God pure and without condemnation and live with Him forever in heaven. But if you're not written in the book of life, there's only one place you can live in the eternal state. And that, unfortunately, is the lake of fire. Yes, and you know, Nathan, and you made a very good point. Heaven is a perfect place. Uh, verse 27, as you just read, but they shall by no means enter anything. And, and, and it says that defiles or causes an abomination, or a lie, but only those who are written in the land. And Nathan, we're talking about lifestyles. So, I mean, uh, we once in a while here, we might tell a lie or two, uh, the Lord forgives us, but there's also those that that is their lifestyle, it's their pattern, it's unrepented, right, Nathan? Uh, people that just don't turn to the Lord and they just continue their lifestyle. And the Bible teaches, hey, if that's your lifestyle, you are not going to be allowed in the perfect place called heaven. Right. John 3.36 explains that, that the wrath of God remains on us when we don't accept Jesus' salvation. Yes. That's why it's called salvation. It's saving us from something. It's saving us from our sins, which separate us from God, and it saves us from the eternal punishment yeah. of those sins. You have to pay for your crimes. A prisoner uh, is a prisoner because he's robbed a store or murdered somebody Absolutely. or done something to break the law. Lawbreakers are sentenced to hell, but... Jesus Christ, he paid our punishment by dying on the cross. Mm -hmm. And when we accept that gift of salvation, our sins move to Jesus Christ, and we are then pure and free, and we inherit the promise of living with Jesus Christ forever. Well, Nathan, I, I love that. What a wonderful way as we end our segment of the program. And again, for those that do not have a relationship with the Lord, listen, it's crucial. We want to see you in heaven. We want all of us to be there, your family your friends, and it has to start with a relationship with Jesus. And uh, right now, wherever you are, you can start that relationship with the Lord with a very simple prayer. <coughs> Excuse me. By just calling out to God. He knows exactly your situation, where you're at. And just a simple prayer saying, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. 
Forgive me for my sins. Lord, I want to invite you to come into my heart to be my Lord and to be my Savior and to be my friend. And from this day forth, I want to follow you, Jesus. In your name I pray. And Nathan, you would agree it's that simple. Whoever prays a very simple prayer, God looks at the heart, right, Nathan? Not at the other appearance. Right. It's not the words. There's nothing magical about that. It is the heart. It's a surrendering of your will to Jesus Christ. Say, hey, I'm not in control of my own life anymore. I never have been, really. And it's gotten out of control. I need the, the pilot, the creator, to control my life. And you surrender your life, your will, to him. And that's when you actually gain life. That's right. The life we had before salvation is a mess. The life we have after, well, the world's a mess. We have to deal with it. Yeah. But we have Jesus Christ as our pilot and our guide. And we can know that, that like, a lot of people live with guilt, constant guilt from the sins that they've done. Our consciences continually remind us of our sins. Mm. But with Jesus Christ, the sins are forgiven. That's right. And we can live a life guilt-free. Yeah, we'll stumble, we'll make mistakes. But the blood of Jesus covers us. He purifies us of all our unrighteousness. And then we can live with him forever in heaven. And man, as we read about heaven, you should get excited. Because <laughs> heaven is an amazing place. Absolutely. And that's why we're sharing with you good news today. The good news is God loves you. He has a plan for your life. And it doesn't matter what's going on around this world. Once you place your trust in Jesus, that is going to be your eternal home. Like Nathan told us in John 14... The Lord has prepared this place uh, for you. So Nathan Jones, I want to thank you uh, so much for being uh, part of the program. Very, very exciting, our topic about heaven. And I hope you have a, a wonderful week, uh, Nathan. And uh, Lord willing, we'll continue in this series. Yes, man. I think it's awesome. We saw one more fabulous chapter to go, Revelation 22. Yes. And it will reveal even more amazing things about what our eternal life will be like. Woo, absolutely. Thank you so much, Nathan Joseph. Of course, uh, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. But again, we encourage you, read Revelation chapter 22. You're going to be blown away. May the Lord bless you. Have a great day.